live, you know, this present world and this present situation around homes and all that. Why Pastor Nike will be speaking to the unmarried, the singles in the house, on how to choose right. There are questions in our hearts. I don't know how to identify the right person for me. How do I? So Pastor Shola is going to be doing, I mean, Pastor Nika is going to be doing justice to that. So agree, who should go first? Uh, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to appreciate God for bringing us here today. I want to thank God for my beloved brother and pastor in absentia and absence, and our beloved mommy, the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Pastor, Mrs., God bless every one of you and your team. Well, we had an arrangement before coming here. Uh, well, my, my wife is here. We plan that she's going to speak first to the singles, but one thing I want us to know is that there's a way Holy Spirit does his own things. So I believe that the Spirit of God is speaking through you. So in any way we want to arrange it, all I know is that God is going to speak to somebody. As we are worshiping God there, you know, I was telling my wife this morning that today we are going to wear two caps. The cap of a pastor and a cap of a professional. And by the grace of God, God is going to speak and the signs of marriage will also I mean, be manifest in our lives in Jesus' name. As I was worshiping God there, the Spirit of God just laid it upon my spirit that there's somebody here, your marriage is about four years, and you have been struggling. But after this program, struggle will be terminated. Amen. I don't know that person. You are here, you are here, and for your marriage is going to four years, now three years plus, you have been struggling about your marriage. But there's a word that is coming for you now. Just prepare your mind, and heaven shall be open in Jesus' name. Our Father, we want to say thank you for this talk show. Thank you for marriages. Thank you for the singles in the house. As we go straight into your word, as we discuss together as a family, we ask that you speak to us in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Well, in the next few minutes, uh, we'll be speaking, I will be speaking about the stepping out of marital ignorance. Stepping out of marital what? Ignorance. You see, there is a lot of things going on in our system today. By the virtue of our position as a pastor and a professional, we'll be able to see a lot of problems in homes. We are privy to have uh, uh, some, some fundamental information about homes of pastors, of church leaders, of Christians. And we discover that there's a lot of things that we don't know concerning marriage. Hallelujah. No, marriage is deep and it's something that we really need to study for us to understand what it entails. I'm trusting God that God is going to help us in the name of Jesus. So what is marital ignorance? Marital ignorance is a lack of fundamental knowledge or information about marriage. Lack of what? Fundamental knowledge. Or information about marriage. Maybe you think that, peradventure, you are in a you are in a marital relationship now. You think that it's time for you to begin to have children. Maybe your mates are getting married, and you are there four or five years. But the actual reason for that marriage, the purpose of that marriage, you don't really understand it. 
But I'm trusting God that God is going to unveil the actual purpose of marriage to some people here this morning in the name of Jesus. And do you know one thing? When the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is worse, it's inevitable. And that is one of the reasons why we have a lot of abuses in our marriages today. Abuses of different forms. Abuse may not be physical. Emotional abuse is the major trouble we are passing through today in our marriages. We use church to cover up. We use activities to cover up. We use so many things to cover up. But emotional problem that is going on within marriages today is at alarming rates. And that is why we must know the purpose of marriage. In the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be what? Alone. And I will make him an F meet for him. I will make an F meet for him. See, when you look at that scripture, when you look at the Hebrew meaning of the F part there, it's simply talking about Isa. And the meaning of Isa is deeper than just somebody that will come to your house and cook for you and wash your clothes and be, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you go into the bedroom together and do what the husband and the wife should do. No, Isa is greater than that. If God should discover that it is not good for a man to be alone, then at that point in time, the man was lonely. The man needs somebody that will complete him. Am I communicating? Am I communicating to you? So, and at this point, God said, well, for this man to fulfill purpose, for this man to do the assignment. You know, before God actually made this statement, God has already created a garden. He established a garden. He created animals. And he placed the man in the garden. And the man was already working in the garden. And the Lord looked at this guy. This guy is struggling. This guy can't do this thing alone. There is need for me to do what? To arrange someone that will do what? That will make him complete and finish this work. Hallelujah. Are we together? No, say God was not pleased that the man was isolated. God was unpleased with the separation and isolation of the solitary man. God was not pleased. And he said, this woman... I am going to arrange this woman. And God did it in his own way. Go to the Bible and read the remaining story. God allowed the man to sleep. And he did what? He created woman. And he brought her to him. And the woman confirmed it. Immediately the woman saw her. He said, yes, this is the bone of my bones. And the flesh of my flesh. And as a result of that, you would know now, now from this... God made woman from man, one flesh in two form, perfectly completing each other. You see, a woman is not supposed to be a servant to a man. Your wife is not your servant. Your wife is what? Is there to do what? To complement you and make you fulfill your purpose in life. And why... From this, so in order for us to step out of marital ignorance, we must know the purpose of marriage. And what is the purpose of marriage from this scripture? 
The purpose of marriage is simple. Say marriage involves three major forms of uh, intimacy. And the purpose of marriage, number one, is what? Intimacy. Because God discovered that this man was lonely. I need to arrange somebody. Animals were there. Plants were there. Other creations were there. God said, no, 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 no. Angels were there. But somebody that we, that this man can have a proper fellowship and proper intimacy. And he arranged Eve. And this intimacy, they are in three categories. Number one, spiritual intimacy. Number two, emotional intimacy. Number three, physical intimacy. And do you know one thing that we do in churches today? What we call spiritual intimacy, we have bastardized it because we have turned it into a religious activities. Because you come to church together with your wife, you wear the same, I mean, you are always, people always see you together. But deep inside you, you know that there is no spiritual connection. And that's why we're having problems in our churches. That is why church today, we are not shining the light. That is why our messages are not affecting lives because the other room, the spiritual intimacy there, it is not balanced. Now, how do we achieve a very solid spiritual intimacy? And that is the spiritual aspect. The emotional intimacy and the physical intimacy must be what? Must be balanced. And how do you achieve emotional intimacy? Number one, emotional intimacy is not something that you achieve by sitting down and not doing anything. You must be intentional. In knowing the kind of woman and the kind of man that you got married to. Am I communicating? Are we sure we are together? If I'm not communicating, please tell me. Are you sure you are with me? Now, sister, thank God is here. This is my wife. Please help me to appreciate God in love of my wife. Beautiful lady. Beautiful lady. I met her on campus. She was just a teenager. Hallelujah. Amen. I was in 500 levels then. She was in 300 levels. But I got to, I got to know her. You know, I, I, I targeted her when she gave her life to Christ when she was in 100 levels. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was the fellowship leader of, our, of, the, of my... Yes. Praise the Lord. I was the whole pastor. And she came out to give her life to Christ. And I saw this young lady, a teenager. She was 17 then. She was 18 then. But I didn't propose to her. I was monitoring her. I was nurturing her. Until when she crossed to 21. And I told her, come on, you are going to be my wife. And today for like 19 years now. Why am I saying this? Look, we've been living together... 18 years, by March next has been 19 years. Now, for me to discover her, it took time. Until she entered into my house, until we got married, that was when we began to do what? Understand ourselves. Because our love language is different from my own love language. I have to take my time to understand our love language so that I can service our emotional need. Am I talking to somebody? Now, a woman that the emotional need is not satisfied, 
and you want to hold her hands and begin to shandalala. Am I communicating? There is no agreement. There is no flow. And that is why you notice that some pastors will come and they will be on the altar. They look so wonderful, but they are struggling. Because the emotional state is not well refined. Am I talking to somebody? So you must try as much as possible to meet the emotional state of your spouse. My wife, her emotional love language is what? Quality time and acts of service. My wife wants to be in the kitchen. She wants me to just look at her in the kitchen. Sweetheart, you are doing well. God bless you. Or stay beside her and spend like five minutes slice onion or maybe early in the morning she's still on bed i wake up as soon as possible and try to do what cook jollof rice or fried yam or do something for her am i talking to somebody if you are with me shout hallelujah that day that day our emotional level is very high there is nothing we agree to do together that we will not achieve Am I talking to somebody? Okay. My time has just two minutes more. One more point, yes. Now, how do you achieve this? Most times we always quote Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to the end. Submit to one another. Wife, submit to your husband. Husband, love your wife. But if this little thing about intimacy is not well attended to, all this scripture will be poem. They will just be poem in the ears of people that you are quoting them to. Am I talking to somebody? They know this scripture now. They know this scripture. They know it. But the value that you must add to your marriage is that you must be intentional. You must be what? You must be what? Because your family is the best nation on earth. And the investment you put in that nation will determine how far you will go. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. I appreciate Pastor Shola. Ah. Ah. Me, I'm not dear. Me, I'm not dear. I am still a children, you know. Father in the Lord, daughter in the Lord, Papa and Papa and then 19 years. We celebrate you, sir. God bless you. Don't worry, please start preparing your questions. Start preparing your questions as Pastor Nike speaks to the unmarried people in the house. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Please let me celebrate the husband of my youth. My number one pastor. That's what I call him. My number one pastor before any pastor. Because I can assure you that this man is a pastor in his home. He's not just a titled pastor. Please celebrate him for me. My boyfriend of life, my project partner. 
Thank you so much. It's good to love, do love and life with him. And so we appreciate God for this privilege. My time is counting. Thank you, Mama. Eh? She's a sis. She's not a mama. I love to call her a sis. God bless you, man. Pastor Tapere, for this privilege. We do not take it for granted. And so as we go ahead, we trust God that the Holy Spirit will breathe upon all we say in Jesus' name. I'd like to start with a story for the youth. And um, there was a counseling session we had. I'll be speaking on stepping out of identity crisis. Stepping out of identity crisis. Because we realize that there are a lot of youths that are actually of marriageable ages, but are actually not marriageable. We are counting chronological ages. Emotionally, mentally, they are not at the same at par with their ages. So when we are praying, go and get married. We are only saying container should get married to a container. Because when the chronological, when they feel it's old, when we think they are old, that, those are containers. But we are now trying to address the content, like the emotional status, the spiritual status of, the mental status of those that are getting married. And so they need to step out of identity crisis. And so we had a session and um, it was a major marital issue. And what caused the issue was that the husband said, my wife has changed. This is not the wife I got married to. And what happened? And um, he desired to get married to a woman that is reserved. And he got a woman that is reserved. But many years down the line, the woman went for a training in her place of work. And she discovered that out of that training, she got a self-discovery that she was never a quiet person. Situation of life changed her personality because as a child, she was bereft. She lost, I think, her mom, and she had to stay with people. So because she was emotionally traumatized, she learned to bottle up. And she took on that personality till she got married. So in the process of training, you know, we are saying we are stepping out of ignorance, stepping out of obscurity. She got the real her. She was happy with the real her, but the husband felt this is a changed woman. And that brought them to counseling session. Thank God for grace. Thank God for intentionality. That marriage was able to be saved. Who are you truly? What are those things that have influenced who you have become as a single? And I'm going to read from the book of First Peter 2.9. It's a very popular scripture that we know. First Peter 2.9. Can somebody read if you are there, please? First Peter 2.9. We know it all. It's on the screen. Okay. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is talking to not a group of people. He's addressing every single. And you are saying, I am a unique person. I am a unique personality. I have been chosen by God. I have been chosen to exhibit 
all the virtues he has given me. Am I reserved? Am I truly that person? Am I expressive? Whatever or whoever God has made you, there is a purpose tied to your life, tied to your destiny. And that is what a cardinal point every single must do. You must find you before you find a spouse. If, a, if, if you are a consistent prayer point in the place of marital decision, there is a problem. The problem is not that you are not praying. The problem is that there are some things that should precede the prayer. While the prayer is good, there are other things that should come before the prayers to make the prayers potent. So I'm going to be sharing with you briefly on, what is my time? On four minutes. I'm just going to mention these things you need. The peace you need. Number one, for you to get to that place and get out of identity crisis and identify who to get married to. Number one peace, the presence of God. Are you in Eden? If you are not in Eden, you'll just be a consecrated Adam. There's a difference between being in Eden, God's presence, and being an, an ethin. Ethin, that's the word. You are just going to live your life, come to church, do everything. But when you are in the presence of God, inspirations come. Number two, you find purpose in God's presence. Why are you created? For what purpose? The Bible says, for this reason was the Son of Man displayed, that he might dis destroy the works of darkness. Who are you? Why are you created? What is your What do you love to do effortlessly? Do you love to put smiles on people's faces? Do you love to invent? Do you love to innovate? Do you get it? These are the things that will help you. Then when you know that, your purpose and conviction of your purpose will drive you to passion. Passion is the energy you need to pursue that purpose. When you are doing these things, you will not dwell in, I'm not yet married. You will not be counting calendar because you are busy. The Bible says, I must do the work of my father while it is day, for night cometh when no more can work. You are investing in your future. You are investing in your partner as you are doing that. Number three, number four, when you have passion in the place of purpose, you have power, power to get wealth, wealth of intelligence, wealth of information, financial wealth, wealth of the people around you. Because from among your people that you have gathered from purpose and passion, God will now direct you to the right person to choose. Power to know the right relationships to go into. Power to discern. Power in the place of prayer. You will not struggle in the place of prayer. I never struggled when I identified him. Like he said, when we went on campus, I was praying as if my life depended on it. And because I knew my life and my future truly depended. But when he came, I identified every content that God had given me conviction in the place of prayer. But I did not like the container. They used to call him Okmanru Wagao. Now he's a fine bobo. Even me, you can see that I'm more beautiful. So, but prayer, um, no, the presence of God, the purpose, the passion. When it got to identity, I was not struggling. I knew what God told me. So when you look at that, power will now take you to a, pray, a place of prayer. That's the number five P. Somebody said, before prayer changes anyone, prayer will change you first. You are the first person that needs that prayer to change you from inside out. Because that's why we call it koinonia and fellowship. 
Because as it's changing you, the Bible says the part of the righteous shines brighter and better. Do you get it? As you are changing, you are seeing brighter. You are seeing clearly. You are not seeing your husband as your boyfriend. You are not seeing your husband as your, <laughs> as your pastor alone. You know, many people have said, ah, that's what I did. I said, we are too close. I can't get married to him. I could share everything with him, but I didn't want a relationship. So when he came, I ran. But I went back to the place of prayer and there was conviction. So when you now dwell there, finally, when you have done the one to five piece, you now get to a place of choosing the partner. At that point, partner will not be a struggle. Partner for life. Because you, are, you, are, you started with the presence of God. You moved with the purpose. Purpose is flamed with a passion. And when passion is flamed with passion, you have the power to dwell. And from the power, you move to prayer. Activate everything in the presence of God. And you see clearly. You identify your partner for life. And when you identify, identity crisis becomes a thing of the past. May God empower our singles to dwell richly in that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Ma. Can we appreciate her? One of the high points that I took from that is you need to know yourself before you know Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Know yourself first before you know who is right or left. I mean, sorry, who is um, right for you. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I hope we are already writing down our questions. Do we have questions for this couple, for this pastor couple and counselor couple, do we have questions? So while we are waiting for the congregation, while we are waiting for the congregation to send in their questions, I'd like to ask the two of you um, some of the questions. Uh, maybe I'll just ask one or two as we have questions coming. Now, uh, you talk about, um, you, you actually touch light, you touch light it, like you didn't really explain because of the time constraint and all that. We'll look at Ephesians 5, 22 and all that. Bible enjoys the women to submit. Submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. At what point does submission become subjection and subjugation? At what point the submission becomes subjection and subjugation. And this scripture is even quoted by other men that are not our husbands. That after all, a woman is supposed to submit. Should a woman submit to every man because they are men or to her own husband? And if she's supposed to submit to her own husband, at what point does submission become subjection and subjugation? Well, um, let me start from uh, what the scripture actually said. The scripture was talking about wives submitting to your own husband, not women submitting to men. My wife, by the grace of my wife, by the grace of God, she's the MD of our company. She has men. I mean, men 
Some are even pastors in RCCG working under her. And they submit to her authority as their managing director. That is in her place of work. But the moment she comes to the house, let me say this, submission, I would like to read that scripture from a, from a message Bible. I would like to read from verse 21. It said that, out of respect for Christ, be cautiously reference to one another. Verse 22 now says, wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show you support your support for Christ. No, we know how we reference Christ as women. We know how we submit to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ as women. And the Bible is now comparing that kind of submission to the kind of reference we are giving to Christ that we should do what? We should give to our husband. But the verse before that verse said that we must what? Submit to one another. Under the authority of who? Christ. Most times when we are counseling couples as faith-based professional counselors, we ask them to go and read that scripture from verse 1. When you read that scripture from verse 1, you have better understanding of that scripture. And when a woman is submitting to the husband, and the husband is not, is not, I mean, maybe, let's, let, let me have a very practical example. At the end of the month, they're having some financial crisis in the home. At the end of the month, the woman will always come, submit to the husband, lay down the money at the table, see that this is the salary, and the woman was taking care of virtually everything under the power of submission. But the man, when we are things now change, and the man got back to his feet, and the man started misbehaving, so that the woman cannot even know what is going on with the financial state of that man. And the man is still expecting the woman to do what? To bring that money. No. That has become what? A slavery. Because the Bible says in verse 21, submitting to what? To one another. Out of reference to Christ. Because you can't say because I must submit to my husband. And the man is now taking advantage of your submission to do what? To begin to make your life miserable. Then there is need for what? Intervention. And may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. My wife would like to add to it a bit. I just want to quickly say that we as Christians, we need to understand that the submission is not stupidity. Many wives out of submission have actually risked their lives and the entire lives of their family because they are saying, I must not speak out. I must not talk. When there are times to know to challenge, to challenge him, the fact that the husband is the head does not mean that he's a, he, in some cases, he may not be the best in the home. But God has placed him there as a team lead to oversee. In a football match, the captain, in, in most cases, is the captain the best? Is he the highest goal scorer? He's not. But you must honor that team lead, and he must also respect himself. What we see in churches, in Christianity, is that 
We are practicing cultural Christianity, not the kingdom marriage. There is a kingdom culture, and there is one that we have mixed with religion, culture mixed with religion. God will help us in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. Can we celebrate them? Okay. Um, I was going to ask a question regarding marriage, but somebody sent this, and I, I will just read it, and then we'll make that correction immediately. It says, sir, you only mentioned intimacy as the purpose of marriage. What are the rest two? Because you said it is three. I think this person was not really following your trend because you mentioned intimacy as the key purpose. You now broke intimacy into three. You broke it into emotional, spiritual, and physical. So we, we, we may, uh, our media, they are working. You will be able to listen to this. I believe it's being recorded. You, you, you will, we don't need to go through that anymore. You listen to, to it. Now, I want to ask a question on behalf of the singles. Um, it is always said that there is a will of God. So how do the singles really identify the will of God for their lives? How do they know the will? Is the will of God an imposition? Or when the will of God comes, there must be something in the two people that speak to each other that say, okay, I think this is, the, this is it. How do they recognize that? Thank you, sir. This is, um, it's broad, but God will help me to bring it to But I think what I've mentioned, if you deeply go through it, it will help you. Those peace. But the only thing we are struggling with the singles now is that many of us are not um, diligent enough to take our spiritual journey very seriously. Because if you really take a spiritual journey seriously, these things, I can tell you from my own experience, is not difficult. The will of God is as simple as how God speaks to you in other aspects of life. When you know how God speaks to you in dressing, you know how God speaks to you and you want to go this way, in things you feel are very minute, is the same way. God will speak to you. But what happens is that we are not consistent in our koinonia with the Holy Spirit and diligence. However, we keep saying, because like my husband said, we are wearing the cap of a pastor and the cap of a professional. Why God expects us to be in that same spiritual frequency? The bitter truth is that many of our youth are in, not in that frequency. So we need help. Spiritually, we have told us how we can know the will of God. It's easy. It will align with your purpose. Your prayer, you will know with all the things I've said. Now, professionally, what we do is that we also help singles to bring out these things, to confirm. And by the grace of God, I was telling people who counseled yesterday that to the glory of God, every, in the last couple of years, for those that passed through those counseling sessions, not one has a major challenge that could break the marriage. Because it's not coming from the spiritual awareness, intellectual awareness. Many of us are so spiritually minded that anything that has to do with knowledge and intentionality we think is demonic. That's the problem we're having. You can pray in tongues from now till night, but what is the instruction coming out of the praying in tongues? How are we going to activate them? 
So that's the problem we are having. You combine spirituality, you combine with science, you combine with statistics, you combine with systems. And that's what professional counseling does. There is no professional counselor or motivational speaker. Let's, let's not lie to you. Everything is professional that is, is coming from the Bible. The only thing is that it's packaging. We will repackage it to make you see the understand and see the depth and the reality of God's word. That this thing is, love language is in the Bible. Personality. Jesus Christ chose disciples, disciples from personality. It was intentional to start with a Peter because of the personality of Peter. Love language, we quote Queen Vashti and Esther. Part of what deposed Queen Vashti was love language. Lack of understanding of our love language. Our love language was quality time. The one for the king was act of service. The king wanted to, had to dance. She's saying, king, I don't want to see you as a king. Come to the inner room as my husband. And there was an interpreter that spoke against the destiny of Vashti, Memukan. It was Memukan that allowed Vashti to be deposed. But the fundamental issue is that they did not understand their love language. And that gave room for Esther as a deliverer, even though that's another purpose. So there is nothing professional counseling works. So if you are not in that trajectory of understanding the spiritual fully, please don't joke with your lives and destiny. Submit Thank yourself you. to proper counseling. Thank you, Ma. Please, can we appreciate her? Sorry. I won't be letting Pastor Shola comment on that because of our time. What she has said in essence is pay attention to your intimacy with God first. It is not when it is time to choose that you will not be saying, God, speak to me. The God that has not been speaking to you over other issues may not respond when it comes to marriage. It is people feel that when it is time to, to choose, that's when God will now speak. They will now see themselves fetching water and uh, brother uh, James. I'm sorry, but James is in the church. Sorry. <laughs> so, bro, James will now say, bring the... the why, why do I keep mentioning bro, James? You know now. And then the second part is that you should seek counseling. I keep saying these things. The counsel that you refuse to receive before you get married, you will run after it when you are married. That's the truth. Seek counsel from the right places. Let people guide you. Let people guide you. Have people that speak over you, that, tr that truly, they are genuinely concerned about you. And I pray that the Lord will help our singles in Jesus' name. I also think that Pastor Shola have answered this question, though, but I will still ask, because there are many questions here, and time is already fast spent. He said, please, how do I help a man who always depends on the woman? How do I help a man who is always depending on the woman? Well, well <laughs> this question is, is deep. It's deeper than what we are looking at now. No, the man that is always depending on the woman, on the wife, who is that man? Number one. Number two, before you get married to that man, who was he? Abby, there are so many things that we need to understand. Has he been depending on you before marriage? Are you, are you getting something? Maybe because of that, because you are, you are, you are eager to get married, you are, you, you, are, you are blind to that. You didn't really notice it, but you enter into the marriage. You see, in every marriage, 
we have there are, there are different type of relationship in counseling. We have spenders and we have savers. We have some people that they are what they are they are like uh, 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 life. Their life depends on their spouse. They call them life depend. They, are, they depend solely on their spouse, either a man or a woman. But the truth of the matter is this: in the place of counseling, we try to diagnose the cause of that problem, so that when you know the cause of the problem, relating with that husband will not be a problem. Am I communicating to somebody? Some couple. Let me be honest to you. I'm here now on the altar of God. Some couple. Throughout the way of life, their wife would be the most, would be the one that is a, uh, uh, would be the one that is most financially buoyant. But because of understanding and awareness, people outside will never notice that because God has placed the man as the captain of the home. It is only those that are their inner carcass will know that this woman is doing this. Am I communicating to somebody? So when you have such a man, we need to really look at the cause of that problem. When we know the cause of that problem, then solution will never be a problem. And my prayer is that God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. This question goes to Pastor Nike. He said, you said you did not like, you did not initially like the container. You only saw the content, but you didn't like the container. You didn't like the package. How did the emotion now develop? Do I have to like a, I don't know whether it's a sister asking this or not. Said, do I have to like a, I mean, do I have to like before saying yes? What is the role of physical attraction before marriage? The guy I am presently with is everything I pray for, but there is no attraction. Thank you so much. I think this is really apt. Um, I might be old school, though, don't mind me. But I think that old school delivered my destiny under God. That, that's my own story. He's here. The first time he came to me, I ran away. And when I was coming to say yes, he was sung, I sang, and I was crying. I said, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. And sincerely, I was crying because I felt, see this Bobona, is he not handsome? He is. I felt in those days, I, I'm a Lagos girl, I'm coming to Lagos. I didn't have anybody in Lagos, so I was in school. But because God gave me some conviction. But after the yes, I was like, yes. I had, like the lady said, I have some, I'm, everything she prayed for, but physically there's no attraction. I now looked at him, and thank God, that's why men, you also have to be, there is vulnerability, there is strength in vulnerability. So, thank God for him, we looked at ourselves, the first thing we said was, you see what, we are going to be project partners. I submit to you, you submit to me. What you don't want in me, what I don't want, we'll, we'll look at it. And what did I do? I said, I want you to be on Afro. I think Afro will fit you. I'm telling you, because you will look at, you see, in life, I told myself that I would always see somebody that seems or appears 
more handsome than my husband. Appears nicer. Even appears more spiritual. But the Bible says, tend your garden. So the first thing, once you have made up your mind, you are convinced, except you don't want to follow God's will or pattern. You begin to tend. Those things you want, begin to invest in each other. And we started. We started with the dressing. He has always been a dresser. The only thing there was that, Owosho Joro. <laughs> you get it. He had always been very confident. So all those things I felt that would make me, that would make me get attracted physically. We started, we started discussing it and I appreciate him for his teachability because the problem we might be having is that when you are married to a man that is ignorant of his situation or a woman and you are saying, let's do this and the man is saying, no, you can't, you, are, you can't, leave it the way I am. Oh. And the woman is saying, please, your stress is too much. But when you mutually evolve, I'm telling you, the love will flow. The love will come. For us, I think the cardinal point of our love was more friendship. There is always something that is bringing us together. And that's why I would always go back to your purpose, your purpose under God. Find your purpose. And we are project partners. Because everything around your purpose, it will gravitate. Because this thing we call emotional love. It's not all the time you feel it. So that purpose is something that will sustain your friendship. That would also sustain the love. And you build on each other. Thank you, Ma. I hope um, that person has gotten the answer. I have to pick this question so that we don't lose it. Uh, when you are dealing with Bible scholars, you understand. So this person is saying, if the love language of the woman is apple, according, if, if the love language of the woman is apple, apple, fruit, according to Genesis 36, should the man still eat the apple to satisfy the need of the woman? Question one, please. Question one. One house, please. If the woman's love language is apple, according to Genesis 3 verse 6, should the man still eat the apple to satisfy the need of the woman? Question one. Now question two. If one of the partners sees everyone around as a threat, including family members. What can you do to save the marriage? Now, please note, I'm reading it as it is written, so you know that this one, this one is urgent and it is deep. Please note, we know spiritual solution. Give us professional solution. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, when we're talking about love languages, there's something that we are in the church and we must understand one fact. And that is why anytime we are quoting that scripture, that Ephesians chapter 5, I want us to always start with verse 21. Submitting to one another, let's complete it. Out of reference to who? Out of reference to who? To Christ Jesus. Look, love languages are something that you express to show love to your spouse. But if what you are to do in form of love language is against the, your reference to Christ, who is the head of your marriage, 
then there is reason for you what to discuss about it and be intentional about it. Let me be honest with you, people of God. There are some things that God will never intervene in your marriage. Do you believe that? Now, when you look at the case of Adam and Eve, God created them. God brought them together. But when serpent came, did God show up? Answer me now. Because God has given them the instruction on what they need to do concerning that tree. But God was now expecting them to take that decision to reference him by not doing that which is evil. Am I communicating? So no matter how beautiful or how enticing the love language of your spouse may be, if it is not, if it is out of reference to Christ, you and your wife should do what? Sit down together and discuss about it. Then you take yourself back to that Genesis. Apple, as you mentioned there. Am I communicating? And even the apple we are talking about here is not part of love language. Is Ojukokoro. Am I communicating? Is Ojukokoro is a is God said don't do this. Why will you do it? Is covetousness is it is it is out of your jurisdiction. It is out of the instruction. So, and it's not as if that the husband told her about it. It's not as if that the husband did not inform her. But the fact is that the husband, so that is why your spiritual antenna must be what? Sharper. Must be very sharp. So if he contradicts the will of God, you need to sit down. Sit down together and, and discuss. the scripture to know if what you are asking me to do is, re is, is right. Yeah. Yeah. So the second part, the partner was always threatened by the presence of other people. Yeah, you see, family members, let me, what should they do? this one is a very, is therapy, I mean, is, a, is, 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 there's need for what we call therapy. So many may be responsible for that. Let's, let me give a very good example. A lady that grew up in a family, maybe the best friend of the mom, snatched the father from the mom. Am I communicating to somebody? Or maybe one way or the other, he grew up in an environment where people have been disappointing themselves and they have been envied of issues. And one way or the other, in, in a subconscious mind, that event is taught there. So the moment he noticed people around her own marriage, she begin to react. Am I complicated? So there is need for her to do what? To behave herself out of that subconscious Reasoning that will be stored there by the help of a therapist by seeking for proper counseling in the right place. Am I communicating? I mean, the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So Is that answered? Okay, she should seek help or she should seek. We have just 12 minutes and we have four questions to answer. Okay. I don't want us to finish and somebody will say, You did not ask my question and all of that. So please, let's. If you didn't marry as a born again Christian, but still in the marriage, any, and still in the marriage anyways, and there are issues in the marriage, what should one do, even when you both know, even when you both know Christ now? Okay, they didn't marry as Christians, but now they are born again, and there are issues in the marriage. What should they do? What they need to do is awareness. Is what? Our father in the Lord and our mother in the Lord 
They didn't get married as Christians. Any witness yeah. in the house? Yes. But the moment they gave their life to Christ, they subject themselves unto all to the teaching of the church. And they began to gather knowledge and awareness. So if you are having issue in that area, you can also seek for counsel. Seek but the truth help. of the matter is that know your new status and begin to do what? Develop yourself through it. Thank you. Pastor Nikki, I'm going to direct this question to you. He said, God is quiet about the aspect of my marriage when I ah, pray about it. Where you do you get this? Is this Pastor Shalom? Yes, so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah, oh, God. Marriage is a journey of faith. <laughs> okay. This person is saying, God is quiet about the aspect. I think it's a single um, that is asking this question. God is quiet about the aspect of marriage when I pray about it. Why is that? I believe that this person... This person understands how God speaks to her. So it means that God has not been quiet in other aspects. Mm. But she's sure. If you are sure that God is quiet, perhaps God is telling you that it's not yet time. Do you get it? It might be that it's not yet time. It might be that he has given you instruction in the past that you didn't follow. So how do you now reconfirm that you are okay? At this point, the Bible says the multitude of counsel that is safety. Don't keep to yourself. Who is your spiritual mentor? Who is your relationship mentor? Because your definition of quietness may not really be the ideal definition. You may be thinking God is quiet, but when you, you have accountability partners that have been chosen around you, the issue we are having in Christendom is that we don't know how to activate and maximize the gifts of people around us. So you need mentors around your spiritual life around your marital life, around your finance. So another thing you can do is to get a mentor or your counselor or somebody that is an authority in the aspect of relationship. And that person would, might also be somebody that is empowered by God. When you have a Christian counselor that is a professional, then please seek help so that you will not just be taking that as a pass mark and it may not be a pass mark. Okay, thank you, ma. So it's either the man is, is still in the factory being prepared and God is saying, wait, let us finish the work on him. Or the man is already hanging around, but you are not liking the container, so you are not even looking in that direction. Or it could be that God wants you to grow in obedience. So you need to identify the season that you are in. Thank you so much, Ma. So this second to the last question. Okay, it's also single, so I will direct it to Pastor Nikki as well. As a single under parental guidance, how should I deal with emotional needs in relating to my parents? And because I believe they are one of the major, major key in shaping who I am as a person. I don't know if you get that question. How do I deal with emotional needs in relating to my parents? Because I believe they are one of the major key in shaping who I am as a person. As a single. She's still under, I mean, he or she's still under parental care. Their influence, how does she deal with their influence on her as a person? All right. Okay, um, there might be influence in terms of principles, exposure, and belief system. Do you get it? It takes a lot of understanding and patience. You need to understand that 
wherever they are coming from, whether you appear that they are quite ignorant or they are quite harsh and all that, they are saying whatever they are saying from a place of love and passion. So you will work on your own emotional intelligence. And as you work on your own emotional intelligence, you learn how to relate with them from their, play, from their level of awareness. Mm. They have their fears. I, I especially when maybe you are um, something that is likely to cut across you, perhaps if you are a pastor's child, there is this title and embargo. And your own need might be, I want to live my life and I want to be a real person. And they are saying you are supposed to deal, live this way. So it could be either ways because the question is quite, um, but whatever it is, create, develop an emotional intelligence. Know that they are coming from a place of, love. of their love towards you. And their own level of exposure may not be what you know. But you must relate to them with empathy mm. and know that they mm. mean well. Just add this to what my wife mentioned. Like, there's every possibility that there may be parental influence in your decision. Well, like, I, I am the first son of my family. My father died early. And my mother, myself and my mother were very close up to now. But the truth of the matter is this. When I was to get married, when I met her, the first person I disclosed my relationships to was my mom. And, and do you know what this lady did? She did something that she stood my mother completely away from me. I mean, she, she took her away because my mom would prefer to call her and discuss with her now that myself. Because I did something at that time because I know there was a very strong connection between myself and my mom. So I did all my possible to release her to my mom and allow my mom to deal with her in her own way. Um, because she, she was, she's a Lagos girl. She grew up in Lagos. I, I, I was an Ekiti boy. I mean, I grew up in Ekiti. No, brought up in Ekiti. So, no married to a Lagos lady, and she was able to cope with my mom. It takes God's grace and submission to the knowledge from above to, to do, and do that. And that's why every single, I want to advise you, don't joke in the place of revelation. In the place of what? Revelation. See, there's some solution that it is only God that can give you to resolve when it comes to your marital issue. And that is where you have people that, not people that will be hammering on you and be, and be repeating, but you yourself, you must get to that level that you hear from, it may not be, oh, my son, like some of big pastor, but there are some areas that God will begin to speak to you. When you have such parents, God will give you some ideas that you will use to do what? To get yourself up that hook and you will discover that at the end of the day, you enjoy fantastic marital life. Thank you so much, Pastor Shola. This is the last question and I want you to just answer it. He said, if change is constant, people and partners will evolve. How do you accommodate changes in the marriage or a relationship? Well, change is constant. And that is why you must also, we must continue to develop ourselves because I will tell people that one of the major problem we have, problems we are having in marriages today because knowledge has uh, increased. I'm going to know that increase is creating a lot of changes 
in our understanding about marriage. And that is why as a married man or a married woman, you must also up your game by seeking the right knowledge at the right time under God. Don't limit yourself to what you know five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. This is how my father did it. This is how my mother was treating my father. Don't limit yourself to that knowledge. You must evolve and also upgrade yourself so that you can meet the present marital challenges that we have in our town today. May the Lord help us. Thank you so much. Can we please celebrate Pastor Shola and Pastor Nike Ajayi? It's really been a wonderful session with you, learning from you through the knowledge of God that he has deposited in you. We want to say thank you for coming. Thank you for um, taking out your time. Pastor and pa Pastor Shola and Pastor Nike Ajayi, they are pastors in RCCG as well. So they are supposed to be in their own parish today. But they left the church to come and attend to the flock of God. Can you please celebrate them? Thank you so much. God bless you. I'd like us to rise up to our feet because we cannot, we cannot um, listen to this kind of service, I mean message without praying. If your husband or your, your wife is in the church this morning, can you please move to where your spouse is standing? If you have your partner in church this morning, can you please move to where your husband or your spouse, I want this couple to pray over the marriage and to, for those who are not married, you are going to take a posture this morning and say, I will not miss it in marriage. Because the person you settle down with will determine how far you will go in life. That's the truth. So if you have your partner in the house, I want you to hold down with your wife or with your husband and say, this home will not break. We take a stand this morning that this marriage will succeed. Are we doing that? Are we doing that already? I'd like you to decree if you are here with your spouse, hold on with your spouse and say, we agree this morning that our home will not break. Our marriage will succeed. And if you are married in the house, pray and say, Lord, I will not misuse. I will not fall into the wrong hands in the name of Jesus. As I invite Pastor Nike and uh, Pastor Shola to just pray over Father, we say thank you. We give you all the glory. In agreement with my wife, we decree upon every marriage here, your home shall be heavens on earth. Every struggle in your marriage is hereby terminated in the name of Jesus. That solution to that problem, receive it now in the name of Jesus. Every influence from the pit of hell upon that marriage is scattered in the name of Jesus. You that single, that single brother, that single sister, in agreement with my wife today, the Lord that guided us, that didn't allow us to enter into hell, you will not go into hell in the name of Jesus. Paraventure, you are there. You are already in a wrong relationship that will scatter your destiny, that will scatter your tomorrow. On this exalted altar, in agreement today, that relationship is hereby dissolved in the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
I stand upon the promises of God. 21 years ago, the Lord spoke to us on the first day of our meeting. You said our home shall be modeled to home here on earth. We stand upon this promise. Any relationship that will take you to hell is hereby dissolved in the name of Jesus. My single brother, my single sister, the grace to say no to that relationship that will scatter your destiny. Receive the grace now. I said, receive the grace now. And every marriage that is passing through turbulent situation because God hates divorce. All that you need to make it work, receive it today in the name of Jesus. The Lord will support us. At the end of the day, we shall all make heaven. Now, some people, their marriage is what is going to take them to hell. Your marriage will not lead you to hell. Together as a family, we shall all make heaven in the name of Jesus. And all will be well with us. So shall it be. I said, so shall it be. In Jesus' precious name.